Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. As we have started to put together our list of all of the out LGBTQ Olympians who are going to be competing and appearing in Tokyo in oh, just a few weeks, we have started to stumble across a lot of people that we did not know about. One of them that I found this week was Kayla Miracle. I saw she had made the Team USA uh, Olympic roster competing in wrestling. Looked her up on Instagram. Saw she, she had some pictures of herself with a girlfriend. Messaged her and she said, yep, I'm part of the team. Uh, that led to, very quickly, a conversation for this podcast. Kayla grew up in the Midwest, started competing at a very, very young age. Getting to the Olympic Games has been a nearly lifelong dream for her. Talk with her about how she saw the possibility when women's wrestling wasn't even an Olympic sport when she started competing. Uh, Her father was a coach and she was competing for him. But even back then, even at a very young age, she saw this as a possibility. Here she is now representing Team USA, uh, blazing a trail as far as we know. She is the first publicly out LGBTQ athlete to wrestle in the Olympic Games. There's a lot of qualifiers there. Publicly out is the big one. Um, And also, you know, we just don't know everybody. Um, At OutSports, we are able to find most of the people who are actually publicly out, whether it's on Instagram or they're out in the media. But as far as we know, Kayla is, well, she's certainly the first that we know of. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Olympic wrestler Kayla Miracle. Kayla, thank you so much for joining me. I I have to say the first time I saw your name, I thought, is she a professional wrestler? Because your name is so perfect. It sounds like a manager uh, created it, Kayla Miracle. Is this about the 80,000th time you've heard that? Oh, everybody always loves it. And if someone just doesn't understand or if I'm giving my name at, I don't even know, like a Starbucks or whatever, I have to say like miracle, like it's a miracle or I believe in miracles or anything like that for them to actually understand. And then they're like, oh my goodness, no way. I mean, speaking of miracles, here you are about to represent the United States of America at the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. We, you... In an interview, I, I heard you talked about this being your dream since you were four years old. How do you, from, from age four, how do you keep the, the, the vision and the hope of this quote unquote miracle alive? Like, like I just, I'm just amazed that somebody can over all those years of work actually get to where they were going. I mean, when I first had the dream, you know, I was four, so we didn't even have women's wrestling in the Olympics. So it is kind of a miracle that, you know, everything kind of turned out the way that it did in 2004, uh, women's wrestling was introduced and, um, you know, just kind of stuck with it because I, I love it. You know, it's always been my passion. And I always tell any little kid at camp or if anyone asks for any adv- advice, it's like, you just have to love the sport. And if you don't love it, then don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste your coach's time. Um, because it is grueling, you know, in whatever sport or 
career that you choose, you know, if you're not loving it, then it's going to be 20 times harder. Um, so just falling in love with it each day, you know, there are days where I hate it. Um, there are days that I definitely want to quit, but ultimately, you know, I'll come back the next day with a fresh mind and just fall in love all over again. Those days that you want to quit, what do those days look like? Oh, I mean, it changes. Um, it could just be I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I'm just really stiff and I just don't really want to work hard. Or it could be, hey, I finished practice, but I got my butt kicked for two hours straight. Um, so it's definitely different. It could be mental. It could be physical. Um, but in the end, you get through it and then you have another good day eventually. You've won a lot. But almost everyone who wins a lot loses from time to time. Yes. Have some of those days that you want to quit been involved with a loss? Uh, I don't think so. Honestly, the time that I wanted to quit the most was maybe during quarantine. And that was after winning one of the biggest tournaments that I could for my career, you know, it set me up to be in the finals of the Olympic trials. It qualified the weight for team USA at 62 kilos. Um, but, you know, after being away from the mat, you know, it was really awesome to be able to do that. But I was like, I don't know if I love this sport anymore. And I was away from it for about a month and a half or so, you know, just everyone's in the quarantine world. So I'm just hanging out with family and far away from a mat. Um, but when I lose, it almost sparks something different inside of me um, where I'm hungrier than I was before because I know how close I am. You know, losing in 2019 at the World Championships, I lost six to six on criteria to the girl from North Korea. And, you know, I'm, I'm right there. You know, I lose at U23s in a really close match with a girl from Japan. You know, I'm right there. So I feel those losses and they just light a fire under my butt and I'm like, let's get to work. You know, let's close that gap. When you were four and just starting out in this sport, you know, we talk, I talk a lot of particularly to, to women in sports and particularly um, trans athletes in sports about when they started sports, kind of the, 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 the lack of role models that were out there and that were being lifted up by the media for themselves to see how did you get into your sport and how, and, and, and just kind of talk me through falling in love with it at an age when there really weren't a lot of women doing what you wanted to do. Yeah. So you talk to a lot of girls um, and they're going to have a very similar start story to mine. My dad coached and my brother wrestled. So I was around it all the time. And you know, I would spend practices climbing on the ropes. I would spend tournaments playing under the bleachers. Um, but eventually I was bored and I asked my mom if I could wrestle. And she was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Like, I'll know where you're at um, at tournaments and stuff. You know, you won't be horse, horse, horsing around or something. Um, and then I asked my dad and he was actually kind of against it um, just because the women that he encountered didn't necessarily wrestle for the right reasons. Um, so he was kind of afraid that I was doing the same thing, but um, because he was the coach, he made the practices really hard. He gave me a chance and I don't know why, but I loved those hard practices. I was like, this is so fun. So four-year-old Kayla loved the grind. 
Um, and that's just kind of how I got into it. And yeah, there weren't many women wrestlers, but at a young age, I started wrestling in Washington state. And, you know, you would see like the Doi twins here or Whitney Condor, she's from Washington. So you, you had a few girls that you would run, run into at certain tournaments, but um, ultimately I just loved the sport. I got to know the guys, I gained their respect. Um, and then as I got older, you know, my eighth grade year, I was introduced to Sarah Hildebrandt, who's actually on the team with me. Um, she's a 50 kilo girl. Um, and so that's when I kind of started to get into the world of women's wrestling. And then I started wrestling at these all girl tournaments. And that's when, you know, I was able to find those idols because before it was just, I was just uneducated, I guess, within all of it. So, so when you started out, you were just wrestling against boys. Yeah. So I wrestled against boys up until I graduated high school. And then it was maybe my eighth grade year to my senior year in the summers, I would be wrestling against the girls um, and making world teams, Pan Am teams, things like that. Um, but during the normal high school, middle school season, I would wrestle just against the boys. How did you do against them? Uh, some days better than others. <laughs> Thankfully, I was at a, a lighter weight that their strength, they didn't really hit puberty yet. So it wasn't like they were overpowering me. So it was kind of skill versus skill a lot of the times. Yeah, I think I had a, a decent high school career, you know, one that I'm kind of proud of. But yeah, I'm glad I'm not wrestling boys anymore. I actually, today's practice, I was in a group of three with Nick Soriano, who is a stud, just Google him. And then Josh Kramer, who's been beating my butt ever since I moved out to Arizona. And so it was really fun to go with them, but it was, it's just a different feel, you know, the strength that they have and the leverage that they have. Uh, but it's all fun. We talk a lot, particularly when there are conversations today about trans athletes. Um, and, and, and we talk about how boys and girls compete against one another uh, at younger ages and, you know, the girls can do very well against the boys um, pre-puberty. So it's not, you know, like you said, it's a lot, it's a lot of skill versus skill at that age. Um, and so it's not, you know, not surprising to hear that you may have done well. I, 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 I you say you're, you're proud of your high school career. What did that look like? Like, what are you most proud of? So in Indiana, uh, which myself and Sarah both went to high school in Indiana, um, there had never been a girl to make it to the state tournament. And so my sophomore year, I was the first girl to do that. And I think to this day, I'm still the only girl to have done that. Sarah made it to semi-state. Um, I think it was my freshman year and maybe even the year before that as well, because she was a senior when I was a freshman, but um, I was the first to make it to state. So that was, you know, a big, uh, it's a big highlight on my resume, maybe not to anyone else because like, you made it to state in high school. Like that's hard to compare to, Hey, I'm an Olympian, but to me, you know, I, high school was tough. You know, I was at a boarding school, so I was away from my family. I was cutting way more weight than I should have been. I had a different coach because growing up, my dad was my coach all like throughout my whole life. Um, so I, everything was just different. Um, so it was good to be able to overcome that and secure my spot. I didn't end up placing. I lost in the first round um, to a kid, Hayden Lee. It was four to zero. Um, 
And then my junior year, I lost in the second round of semi-state. So I barely missed out. And then my senior year, unfortunately, right before sectionals, I got a concussion. So I was out for the state tournament run. But I think that year could have, I could have been on the podium for sure. You ended up going to college in Kentucky and, and did very well there. I'm, start, I'm wondering at that point, are, are you starting to think about maybe I'm uh, not straight? Uh, no, I didn't actually. When I was in college, it was a small college. You know, everybody knows everybody. It's a religious school, I think Baptist, I want to say. Um, so it, it was not very common in that community. And it was just no, nothing that I ever really thought about. Um, I was always in relationships with guys. Um, I had a pretty long and serious relationship with this one guy. Uh, and, you know, it ended. It just wasn't what I, I wanted. I wasn't the happiest. He's a great dude. Uh, um, like he's going to make someone very happy someday. But just wasn't what I wanted or what I needed. And then after... I graduated actually like towards the end of my college career, some of my teammates, um, they ended up starting to date each other. And one of them was one of my best friends. And that it was just something that I didn't understand, I guess. And I never questioned it in myself either. Um, and I guess being within the church, you know, it was almost looked down upon, you know, and it was just very taboo to even think or talk about. Um, but then when I graduated, I became really close friends with this one girl. And that's when it all kind of started. Um, I started to de develop feelings for her. And they were more than feelings of just friendship. Um, so that's when um, my first relationship with a girl started. And ever since then, I mean, I guess I just <laughs> I haven't looked back. That relationship ended. And I'm now in another relationship with a girl. And it's very happy, healthy, you know, it's everything that I could hope and wish for. It's interesting you, you talk about not even seeing this as a possibility, like you're, 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 you're busting your butt, you're, you're working hard, wrestling, you know, you're, you're, you're dating guys and, and questioning all of that just isn't even on your radar. You talked about the church, how involved in your church were you? So in high school is when I started that journey on my own. Um, you know, as a family, we would go to, you know, Christmas, you know, church for Christmas or Easter, things like that. Um, but it wasn't like a, we weren't a very religious family by any means. And then when I got to high school is when I started to get involved, um, going to youth groups, things like that. And then in college is when I got um, even more involved. And that's kind of what I revolved my life around, I guess. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it depends on what um, church you're at or what religion specifically, you know, how they're going to accept or even talk about the LGBTQ community. Um, my little sister is actually dating a kid and his dad is a pastor, but his whole family has shown me nothing but love and hospitality anytime I'm around. Um, you know, they still support me on social media. Anytime I'm in town, I get to go to their house and see their little dog or hang out with them, you know, 
whatever it is. So it depends, I guess it depends on what church you're in is um, how accepted it is. It's funny, your journey is a lot like mine. I, when I entered high school, my family wasn't super religious, but I became super religious and, and followed that through college myself. I think part of it for me was starting to have inklings that I liked boys. And this was a way to really bury that. For, for me, that was my journey. But like you, I've found so many people who are Christian or born again Christian, very conservative, but nothing but absolutely wonderful to me. And you, it's, it, you know, just as you don't want people to judge you just by how you identify, I try not to judge Christians just by the fact that they're Christian, knowing that there are lots of different people who can find love and acceptance in their hearts. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your relationship today how did you two meet and 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 is she coming to Tokyo with you well I don't think anybody's going to Tokyo because oh interesting uh, right so the, so you can't even bring family with you yeah so my mom and grandma and my dad they're all pretty tore up because they were you know that was their plan you know in 2020 they were planning all to fly out to Japan and support and they've always talked about it. You know, my mom, she's never had a passport and she was in the process of getting one. Um, so yeah, that's a bummer. So she will not be there. Um, but we, we met actually on social media. She, she followed me on Instagram and this was actually on Christmas, um, Christmas Eve. So she followed me and I don't usually always look at my followers. Um, it's just, I don't really look in that notification section um, because I don't really care. And I was hanging out with my family, but uh, for whatever reason, I saw her and I clicked on her and I was like, oh, she's cute, you know, whatever. Like, I guess I'll follow her back. And she uh, had one of those like stories up and it was like, give me podcast recommendations or something. And so like, I was like, you know what, this is my chance. I'll just write in whatever. And uh, she replied to me and we just struck up a conversation and the next night we actually hung out for, I think it was like eight hours, just driving around, like sitting, talking, like we sat at a lake and just got to know each other. And she's in Indiana. So it's a long distance relationship, unfortunately. Um, but, and then the next night we hung out a whole night again. And then I had to fly back to Arizona to get back to work. Um, so it was just something that we had to figure out and navigate if we wanted to give it a shot. And we did, and I'm glad that we did. Um, but yeah, she won't be in Tokyo, but she comes to support or she supports me in any way that she can, uh, you know, emotionally through social media. If I have a bad day, I'll rant to her. I'll tell her how great practice was. And she's always listening, even though she's um, in an occupational therapy doctoral program. So she's, you know, she's smart and she's doing her nerd things and she's got a really full plate of her own but she's always always there for me i love that you two met playing that not so subtle instagram game of I'm gonna <laughs> follow you and then you're gonna follow me and then i'm gonna like a picture and then you're gonna like a picture and then i'm gonna leave yeah. a comment <laughs> it's uh it, 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 it's funny how those little uh, games pop up but here here you are how long ago was that uh this was actually this christmas so it wasn't oh, super long ago but I don't know. It's developed. The relationship has developed very fast. And 
um, we're very close. So I'm thankful, you know, the distance kind of stinks, but it's nice that we get to talk, you know, on the phone and FaceTime and things like that. So we can grow our relationship in a different way than if we're just together all the time. And it's like, oh, let's go get food and then like watch TV and go to bed type of thing. It's, you know, we, we have to talk about something. So um, I think the relationship is a lot deeper now than if it if we were living just down the road from each other. That's amazing. I, I lived 3,000 miles away from my husband uh, when, before we started dating. And yeah, it forced us to talk a lot and email long, long emails way back when people used to email and talk. <laughs> um, you are not on Instagram. You're not shy about your girlfriend, about being LGBTQ. What does it mean to you to now years later maybe be that role model for uh, not just young girls who might have an interest in wrestling, but LGBTQ people who still may wonder if sports is a place for them. So, well, with wrestling, we always try to say like anybody can wrestle. Um, that's like shape, size, gender, religion, um, sexual orientation, whatever it is. Um, so that's a big thing with wrestling. They try to be very inclusive. Um, and so I'm really proud to be part of a community that, you know, they really, they're really pushing for that. Um, but then on, yeah, on social media, I was actually just talking to Nick Soriano, the guy that I was wrestling with today. I was talking to him earlier this week about how he's used social media, especially in his college career. And he's built quite the following. Um, and I've never done that. I've never really tried to market myself. I've never been one to really push for the LGBTQ community. And I mean, I just want to live my life and just be happy. And if, you know, me dating Chafin makes me happy, then I want to show that off. If me having a good workout at the gym makes me happy, then I want to show that off, things like that. So it's never been like a big platform um, for me in the sense of boom, like, this is what you need to believe. This is what I believe. You know, it's just, it's more so like, here's my life, like take it or leave it. But it is good to see um, little girls they'll follow um, that are just getting into wrestling so they can have those idols. You know, I didn't have the female wrestling idols when I was young, you know, I didn't really know about the sport all that much. So um, I'm glad that I can be someone for them to look up to. And then also in the LGBTQ community, you know, there are athletes, especially in the wrestling world that aren't out um, or that they are, and they, it's just really difficult for them to be out. Um, there's a girl, Jenna Burkert, and she is LGBTQ. Um, she's married, she has a wife and they are just the cutest couple ever. Um, just picture perfect. They have like a billion dogs. Um, they, it's just, they're really cute. Um, you should go, go, go look at them, but, um, that's who I had to look up to, you know, as I was starting to go through my journey and questioning, like, is this right? Is this okay? Will the USA wrestling community even accept this? You know, is this even okay? Like, all right for me to be like this. Um, but then I look at her and she's, you know, on world teams and national teams and doing the dang thing. And she's happily married you know so it's good to have idols that are maybe similar to you or um going through 
or have gone through something that you might be going through because it's like I can see you know it'll all work out in the end have you had any issues in the wrestling world have you had anybody that you felt kind of pulled away from you because you were LGBTQ Mm, no not at all I think I mean even the coaches you know I'll talk to Clarissa Chun about my relationship or you know Chafin came to surprise me at a camp one time in Iowa and Clarissa Chun wanted to get breakfast with us you know so it's really cool to see how involved they are and anytime um, a coach calls you know it's like oh how is it going with her like whatever they they're really invested and they care and they would do that if I was dating a guy you know they just care about me as a person and I really appreciate that and then even the staff like the higher up staff like the people in the office they've always been super loving and accepting you know Taylor Miller she I don't if she listens to this she's gonna be mad that I don't know the name of her position but she does a lot of the media for USA Wrestling and she is one of my best friends you know Um, like I'd want her as a bridesmaid in my wedding Um, but she has been nothing but supportive to me. Um, and she's been someone that I can go to, to talk to about, you know, when I started this journey, I guess, you know, me questioning, um, the feelings that I was feeling. Um, but yeah. And then the athletes as well, you know, I've mentioned Sarah, Sarah is a huge ally, um, and has been nothing but super supportive, the teammates, everything, even Adeline Gray, she's a five-time world champion. She's the 76 kilo representative. She asked me, um, hey, is this something, like I saw Reaper Wrestling posted this, that you're the first out USA Olympic wrestler. Is this something I'm allowed to talk about in my interviews? Like if they ask me about my team, you know, so she like cares and she wants to know more about me and about my journey and stuff like that. So it's really awesome. Um, (laughs) Nothing but love. What do the next six weeks look like for you? Right now I'm just training like normal. I'm back in Arizona. I'll have a camp in Indiana for a little bit. Um, right after that, I'm doing a 4th of July parade back at my college town. And, you know, my mom will drive down, you know, she lives in Bloomington, Indiana and same with Chafin, my girlfriend. So they're both, they're both going to come down and get to see me. I'll get to see my siblings for one last time for that weekend and then come back here to Arizona for a week and then we leave on July 17th. So that's when it really kicks in. We'll be in um, Nikatsagawa, it's a small town, just acclimating and training for two weeks before we hit the road to Tokyo. Well, Kayla, congratulations. I'm so excited to watch you compete in Tokyo, not just for Team USA, but Team LGBTQ. And again, we wish you nothing but the best. If there's anything we can do to help, please let us know. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. You can find and follow Kayla Miracle on both Instagram and Twitter at MiraculousKC. And we know you'll be cheering for Kayla in Tokyo with all of us here at Outsports. Like I said at the beginning, we have been putting together a list of who's going to be out in Tokyo. It's going to be quite a list. Um, So stay tuned for that. I'm going to be featuring some of those people on this podcast, hopefully over the coming weeks. A couple of people have said, gosh, I'm just too busy preparing for Tokyo, which honestly, when I contacted Kayla, I thought that was going to be the response too, but lucky to get her. I'm going to keep tracking people down, 
all over the world. I, I have somebody from New Zealand who we're trying to set up. So it's going to be really great watching Team LGBTQ form for the Olympic Games. And you can find all the information on all the out athletes. We're headed to Tokyo over at outsports.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.